Greetings, Detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. Calm Mystery the Aluminium Dagger by R. Austin Freeman Read by Perry F. Bruns If you have finished, Doctor, I'll be off and have a look round Little Italy. Those four Italians oughtn't to be difficult to find, and we've got the porter here to identify them. Before you go, said Thorndyke, there are two little matters that I should like to settle. One is the dagger. It is in your pocket, I think. May I have a look at it? The inspector rather reluctantly produced the dagger and handed it to my colleague. A very singular weapon, this, said Thorndyke, regarding the dagger thoughtfully, and turning it about to view its different parts. Singular both in shape and material. I have never seen an aluminium hilt before, and bookbinder's Morocco is a little unusual. The aluminium was for lightness, explained the inspector, and it was made narrow to carry up the sleeve, I expect. Perhaps so. 
He continued his examination and presently, to the inspector's delight, brought forth his pocket lens. "'I never saw such a man!' exclaimed the jocose detective. "'His motto ought to be, We magnify thee. I suppose he'll measure it next.' The inspector was not mistaken. Having made a rough sketch of the weapon on his block, Thorndyke produced from his bag a folding rule and delicate caliper gauge. With these instruments he proceeded to take the dimensions of the various parts of the dagger, entering each measurement in its place on the sketch with a few brief descriptive details. "'The other matter,' said he at length, handing the dagger back to the inspector, "'refers to the houses opposite.' He walked to the window and looked out at the backs of a row of tall buildings similar to the one we were in. They were about thirty yards distant and were separated from us by a piece of ground planted with shrubs and intersected by gravel paths. "'If any of those rooms were occupied last night,' continued Thorndyke, "'we might obtain an actual eyewitness of the crime. "'This room was brilliantly lighted and all the blinds were up "'so that an observer at any of those windows could see right into the room, "'and very distinctly, too. "'It might be worth inquiring into.' "'Yes, that's true,' said the inspector, "'though I expect if any of them have seen anything, "'they will come forward quick enough when they read the report in the papers.' but I must be off now, and I shall have to lock you out of the rooms. As we went down the stairs, Mr. Marchmont announced his intention of calling on us in the evening. Unless, he added, you want any information from me now. I do, said Thorndyke. I want to know who is interested in this man's death. That, replied Mr. Marchmont, is rather a queer story. Let us take a turn in that garden that we saw from the window. We shall be quite private there. He beckoned to Mr. Curtis, and when the inspector had departed with the police surgeon, we induced the porter to let us into the garden. "'The question that you asked,' Mr. Marchmont began, looking up curiously at the tall houses opposite, "'is very simply answered. The only person immediately interested in the death of Alfred Hartridge is his executor and sole legatee, a man named Leonard Wolfe. He is no relation of the deceased, merely a friend,' but he inherits the entire estate, about twenty thousand pounds. The circumstances are these. Alfred Hartridge was the elder of two brothers, of whom the younger, Charles, died before his father, leaving a widow and three children. Fifteen years ago, the father died, leaving the whole of his property to Alfred, with the understanding that he should support his brother's family and make the children his heirs. Was there no will? asked Thorndyke. Under great pressure from the friend of his son's widow, the old man made a will shortly before he died, but he was then very old and rather childish, so the will was contested by Alfred on the grounds of undue influence, and was ultimately set aside. Since then, Alfred Hartridge has not paid a penny toward the support of his brother's family. If it had not been for my client, Mr. Curtis, they might have starved. The whole burden of the support of the widow and the education of the children has fallen upon him." Well, lately the matter has assumed an acute form for two reasons. The first is that Charles' eldest son, Edmund, has come of age. Mr. Curtis had him articled to a solicitor, and as he is now fully qualified and a most advantageous proposal for a partnership has been made, we have been putting pressure on Alfred to supply the necessary capital in accordance with his father's wishes. This he refused to do, and it was with reference to this matter that we were calling on him this morning." The second reason involves a curious and disgraceful story. Leonard Wolfe was an intimate friend of the deceased. He is a man of bad character, and their association was of a kind creditable to neither. 
There is also a certain woman named Hester Green who had certain claims upon the deceased which we need not go into. Now, Dennett Wolf and the deceased, Alfred Hartridge, entered into an agreement, the terms of which were these. One, Wolf was to marry Hester Green, and in consideration of this service, Alfred Hartridge was to assign to Wolf the whole of his property, the actual transfer to take place on the death of Hartridge. And has this transaction been completed? asked Thorndyke. Yes, it has, unfortunately. But we wish to see if anything could be done for the widow and the children during Hartridge's lifetime. No doubt my client's daughter, Miss Curtis, called last night on a similar mission, very indiscreetly since the matter was in our hands. But, you know, she is engaged to Edmund Hartridge. I expect the interview was a pretty stormy one. Thorndyke remained silent for a while, pacing slowly along the gravel path, with his eyes bent on the ground, not abstractedly, however, but with a searching, attentive glance that roved among the shrubs and bushes as if he were looking for something. "'What sort of man?' he asked presently. "'Is this Leonard Wolf? Obviously he is a low scoundrel. But what is he like in other respects?' Thank you, detectives, for listening to tonight's Calm Mystery by the Murder Mystery Company. I'm Perry F. Bruns. Would you like to show somebody you care? Is there a mystery fan in your life? Couldn't they use a quiet moment and a great story? I'm doing personal stories of 20 minutes or less. Something personal like this can make a friend or family member feel truly loved in an otherwise dark time. They're only $49, and you can email me at calmmystery, that's C-A-L-M mystery, at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay tuned for more tales to tingle and terrify while giving you a needed break from the outside world. <laughs>